Well, how's everyone doing this morning? All right, let's try that again. How's everyone doing this morning? There we go. You excited to be in church this morning? Yeah, well, it's so good to be back on stage with you. I've been off for the last two weeks and just needed time in my own soul to get refreshed. And I've been in Alabama at a conference, and then um, one of my former pastors that I worked with had an extra ticket, and he's like, hey, it's on me if you want to come and learn. I'm like, yes, please. Went to Alabama, and then last week, my, my boss, Chris Conrad, he's our district superintendent, invited my wife and I to go to uh, Willow Creek in Chicago to the Global Leadership Summit, and I spent two and a half days there just getting leadership stuff, and it's just been really refreshing. I'm so excited to be on stage with you this morning, and um, our team did awesome over that summer mixtape. I mean, we, we had six weeks of that. I only spoke two of them, and that allowed the team to get up, and you guys got to hear from our Radiant Life team, and they just poured their heart into that, and it's awesome as, as a leader to see them develop, and that's one of my passions is communication, and I just love to see our team just grow in that area, and it was just it was incredible. I, I love that I can trust my team to take on a service even if I'm not there. And uh, I'm going to say, can we just give a hand to our Radiant Life team? I, I love them. They're, they're so good. So good. So this morning, we're going to just kick off you at the ground level of our finish up our summer series with God Never Said That. We're, this is going to be three weeks, and we're going to come to the end of summer, really, with this series, and then all of a sudden, September's going to be here, and even though fall isn't really till September, like, 21st or 22nd, I always think when kids go back in school, that's fall to me, right? Summer's over, and uh, so we have a great fall, September, back to school, back to church, uh, teaching series for you. Ah, I'm so thrilled. Patricia did an incredible job creating the graphic. And uh, either next week or in two weeks, you guys are going to get invite cards. We hope you invite your friends to this, and especially your unchurched friends, because it's really going to be hitting that point home, okay, about people and their just idea of church and, and a lot of things we've gotten wrong as an American church. We've gotten a lot of things wrong. We've gotten a lot of things right. But a lot of people out there don't ever want to come in the doors of a church, and we want to break down those barriers and allow them to experience Jesus, something we pray all the time as staff on Sunday mornings, that people would just come and experience Jesus. That's our goal. And uh, we, do, we do that, and then we have a three-week series in October that we're going to do that is going to be awesome as well. So turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to be awesome. I'm really excited for that one. I mean, I'm a type of guy that needs to marinate my messages. What that means is I get my teachings and let them sit in a crock pot, and it's all written, but they sit in the crock pot, and I can come up with different ideas and different visuals, and I'm really excited for that series. And then at the end of October, we're going to bring in a special guest that's going to blow your mind, and then in November, we're going to do a three-part series, I think. Yeah, we'll just go with that for now. It's going to be awesome as well. It's going to be how we live out our faith, and then... Uh, we've got another special guest that's coming in the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Uh, many of you may have heard he was a, a Dove Award winner, which is the Christian Artist Award winner. He was up for a Grammy nominee, and his father's here, and so and stepmom. So here he's going to come and bless us with his presence. So you're going to want to invite. We'll have special invites for that Sunday. You're going to want want that as well. And then it's like Christmas season, and then here we are. And then I'm, I'm not even, I'm so excited for January. Like, I love Sundays. It's so awesome. Turn to your neighbor and say, I love Sunday. I love Sunday. There you go. 
All right, we're going to kick. Some of you are like, just shut up, Ryan. Get to the teaching, all right? We're going to kick off this series looking at God Never Said That. We're going to look at some popular beliefs in Western Christianity that we say or believe, and they're not necessarily like evil or anything like that. It's just we mean good when we say these things. It's just God never said that, and we misquote. I'm going to tell you next week we're going to look at one of the most misquoted things that we say all the time to people when they're hurting, and that's going to be powerful. And then we'll wrap it up in two extra weeks that um, I hope you invite your unsaved friend at the end of August for that message, because it is Jesus-packed. So uh, that's where, but we're going to look at something this morning that I wish I could stand up here and tell you this is true. I wish everything inside of who I am can say, yes, and I want this to be true. One of the most mispopular beliefs in Western Christianity is that God wants you what, friends? Happy. That God wants you happy. Above everything else, God wants you, as you follow Jesus, just to be happy. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm happy. Right? In fact, people go to the Bible to make sure that this is actually quoted right. They go to Psalm 97, 12, and it says this. This. There we go. May all who are godly, what friends? And that's what they use. They say, see, it's in Scripture. In fact, every time I look at this verse, may all who are godly be happy, it makes me want to dance. Because I'm happy. Clap along if you feel like a room without a roof. Because I'm Okay, <laughs> thank, you. thank you. I better not see that on YouTube, okay? Oh, that took a lot of wind out of me. Hold on, I don't dance. All right. Oh, all right. Dude, what is my heart rate right now? It is beating. All right. But happy, it's what... Back, back on point, Ryan. Uh, it's one of those things that we, we just use this verse to say, see, if, if you follow Jesus, you got to be happy. And here's the problem. I think if we truly believe this, then we've got some theology of our happiness wrong. Let me tell you three things of our theology of happiness that we have wrong if we truly believe that God wants you happy. It's this. Number one, whatever makes me happy must be right. And therefore, then, whatever makes me unhappy must be what, friends? Wrong. If you truly believe that God wants you happy, you have to believe this then, that whatever makes me happy must be right, whatever makes me unhappy must be wrong. Sheryl Crow wrote the song, I forgot what it's titled, but you may know the lyrics, if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. If it makes you happy, why the heck are you so sad? that out for many of you, okay? You would not be happy if I said that in that moment. But you have to believe then, if, I'm, if things are making me unhappy, then it, it's got to be wrong in my life. You have to believe that. Here's the point number two of theology of happiness that you got to believe. If God wants you happy, that discomfort, delay, risk, suffering, inconvenience, and obstacles can't be God's will. It can't. 
If I'm up against something, and if I have an obstacle or a trial in my life, this can't be God's will then, because God wants me happy, and when I'm in a valley in life, when I'm in a storm in life, when I'm facing suffering and pain, this cannot be God's will, because God wants me happy. And the other theology of happiness that you got to buy into is this. Without knowing it, I begin to worship the false gods of comfort, money, pleasure, and things. If you truly deep down in your heart believe that above all else, God wants you happy, then you believe that God exists to serve you when in fact you were created to serve your creator. We missed that one. Let me try it again. First service missed it too. That's all right, because that, that was an amen moment. We just missed it, right? We're going to wake up right here. Let me repeat that again. If we believe all else, that God wants you happy, then we believe God exists to serve us. God does not exist to serve us. We exist to serve him. Amen. Hey, there we go. Now we're awake. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm awake. Turn to your other neighbor and say, wake up. And here is the problem if we truly, deep down, we've said, maybe we've said it, that God wants you happy. Maybe we've told other people, well, God just wants you happy. If we believe that and we believe then in the midst of that, that God exists to serve us, we reduce the creator of life, the sustainer of life to a cosmic Coke machine. You know how a Coke machine works. You put in the money, the dollar twenty, twenty-five, whatever it is, and you press the Sprite button. You expect the Sprite to come out. So you go to the machine, you give the machine what it wants, and then you expect the machine to give you back what you want. And oftentimes, this is the way we treat God with our happiness. We treat God, this is God, I did my part, now do your thing. God, I went to church. God, I read my Bible. God, I prayed. God, I might have even given an offering, my tithe. God, I might have even increased my tithe a little bit. I decided to start serving. God, I'm doing my thing. Now it's time to give me the thing I really want from you. I want peace in my life. I don't want those headaches anymore. I don't want any pain. I want that girl to be mine. I want that job promotion to be mine. And here's the tragic thing about believing above all else God wants you happy, is that as we reduce him to a cosmic Coke machine, that many people will walk away from God for reasons of believing wrong beliefs. They'll turn away in the midst of God and they'll search for God and say, God, I did everything, I tried everything. I, I did the church thing, I did this God thing. And my life still hasn't turned around. I'm still unhappy. I'm not happy. So you take God in church, and then you just shelve it and say, i got to try something else. Because I mean, am I doing the right thing? Aren't I supposed to then be happy and life get easy? And it didn't work. I want you to know that God delights in your happiness. Think of a parent-child relationship. That a parent is so delighted when they see their child happy and joyful. My son, Brayden, he loves food. He loves food. His favorite food is Chinese food. We go to a Chinese restaurant, whether it's a buffet or sit down and order, the boy's face is just grinning ear to ear 
It's like he's in heaven. I'm pretty sure he's going to ask God for Chinese food when he gets to heaven. And he's happy. And you know what I do? I just want to be like, you are so mesmerizing. Like I get so much joy watching my son eat Chinese food. Like it's, it, he, you got to watch this boy eat. I mean, he can eat, but you got to watch him because I know how happy he is. And as a father, it delights my heart to see him like that. And God's heart delights after you, but your happiness is not God's highest priority. I want you to know, friends, that God doesn't want you to pursue happiness. He wants you to pursue Him. He wants your life to seek after Him above your happiness. That the first thing every morning when you wake up should be, God, I want to pursue you today. And the next morning, I need to pursue you today. The problem our culture is, is our culture saying, no, go towards happiness because that will fill the void in your life. And we don't pursue God to get the byproduct of happiness. We don't pursue God to get what we want. We pursue God for who he is. He is good. He is our sustainer. He is our forgiver. He's the God of second and third and fourth chances. He's the God that gives you grace. He's the God that will pick you back up when you've fallen over and over. That's why we pursue him. No, I'm sweating, man. Someone's preaching up here. There's sweat dripping down my back. Because when we pursue him, we find what really matters in life. We find out what really matters. I want to talk real quick to you about just two areas. When God doesn't want you happy. Two areas. When God doesn't want you happy. Here's the first. God doesn't want you happy when it causes you to do something wrong or what, friends? God doesn't want you happy when you're trying to do things that will satisfy your life or what you think, but it's leading you to sin. Look at what First Peter, the author of First Peter, which is Peter, First Peter 1.15, it says this, but just as he who has called you is happy, so be what, friends? Happy in all you do. It's not what the verse says. Notice no reference here. Here's what the verse says, and then according to the New Living Translation, it says this. Oh, sorry. But just as he who has called you is what? Holy. Holy. So be what, friends? Holy. Holy in all you do. It's not to, to pursue happiness. Above all else, we're pursuing God. Why? Because we're pursuing holy living. We're pursuing holiness. That is God's priority, not your happiness. It's your holiness. When it causes you to do something wrong or unwise, God doesn't want you happy in those moments. When that person is tailgating you, hmm, and you are mad, and you just want to hit that break. And they pass you, and you want to wave to them, read between the lines. You know what you, yeah. That's unholy. Don't do that. Or when you're going, and they decide to choose the left lane, which is the fast lane, and they're slow, and you're mad, and you're tailgating them, you're like, hurry up. And you want to wave at them? 
And then you want to get in front of them and slow down, you know, revenge is mine. And then your wife says, Ryan, remember you have a Radiant Life sticker on your car? <laughs> Tell you, if you don't have a Radiant Life sticker, get one. It will change your driving. <laughs> it will. We got more out there for you. I did get pulled over the other day. Yeah, he let me off. I totally played the pastor card. I did. <laughs> he let me off. I haven't been pulled over since high school, so that was a long time ago. So it was good. He said, I don't want to mess up your perfect record. Thank you, sir. So thank you, Menden police guy who pulled me over. Thank you for that. That was joyful. All right? So God doesn't want you happy when it causes you to do something wrong or unwise, when it's sinful. For some of us, you know, this is how affairs lead all the time. Oh, I'm not happy. I'm not getting fulfilled. I'm just not happy in my marriage. So you look elsewhere, and now you think you're happy, but you've read to wrong and unwise decisions. It's sinful. It's sinful, but yet you're sitting there saying, well, I'm, God wants me happy, right? And I'm not happy. Or in, in, in if you're dating, premarital, don't. Don't go to the bedroom. Pursue Jesus in the midst of it. Going to the bedroom will not satisfy you. I promise it won't. You need to hear that, teens and singles. Don't do it. It isn't worth risking your future and what's left that God has in store for you. Don't do it. It's unwise. It's unhealthy. It's sinful. There's so much more that God wants for you. But when we decide to turn our back on him, God's like, I can't give it to you. And our God is the God who wants to pour his blessings on you. What about 50 shades of gray? Can I just be real honest? That's mommy porn. It is. And I, I'm not condemning you if you've read the books, if you've seen it, the movies. It, 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 it is. So I hope next time when you go to watch that movie, you think of me sitting right next to you. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, eat my popcorn. Asking you, you happy now? <laughs> it leads to sin. It does. I hope I wrecked that movie for you now. I hope you guys go home and you're like, I can never see that movie again. Pastor Ryan's right next to me now. All right? It does. It will cause sin in your life. Don't do it. Don't do it. There's other areas that, but God wants to empower you and bless you, but he doesn't want you happy when you're pursuing things that's causing you to be wrong or unwise and sinful. Don't do it. Here's the other thing, that God doesn't want you happy when it's based, when it's based on things of this world. When it's based on things of this world. Here's what John, the disciple of Jesus, the most beloved disciple of Jesus, this is what he says in his letter. First John, he says, do not, what are these three words? Do not love the world or anything in the world. I mean, he's pretty black and white right here. Don't love anything in the world. Then he goes on to say, if anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. 
You know, there's a formula for the world and happiness. The world, we are bombarded with media and things of this world. We live in a tough time. And here's the formula for the world says happiness. Have better possessions, right? Things will satisfy you. Go out and get the next big thing. Then add better possessions with peaceful circumstances because if God wants you happy and there's happiness, then it's got to be peaceful. On top of that, plus thrilling experiences, enjoying this just go out and be exhilarating in your relationships and everything. Have the right relationship because if you're unhappy in this relationship, it can't be right. It can't be from God because you're not happy. The right relationship and the perfect appearance. Come on, thank you, Hollywood. This all equals happiness. This is everything of the world that the world is bombarding us with. And they say, you seek those, there you find happiness. This is an empty void. This is that, you know, you go to uh, like Kroger, Meyer, Walmart, and you want crab meat. This is like imitation crab meat. You want the real thing, right? And then you go and you're like, you got your chips and crackers, you're so excited, like, yeah, I got this crab meat. And then you're like, it doesn't even taste like crab. And you look at the label, you're like, oh, imitation crab right? What is imitation crab anyways? If you ever get that, you ought to be really concerned. Like, what is this stuff? But it's an all imitation. And this is what the world is telling our kids and our grandkids and our nieces and nephews and the next generation, that this will buy you happiness. And there's only one name, and his name is Jesus. His name's Jesus. So God never said that. God never said this. I want you to know this, friends. Yes, God delights in your happiness. He does. He's a heavenly father. He loves when we're happy, we're joyful people. Again, I say this all the time. The church ought to be filled with the most joyful people in the world because we have the greatest message in the world. We've been transformed through Jesus Christ. We live spirit-filled lives. They're going out, man, there ain't nothing the world can throw at me because I have Jesus on my side. It may feel like hell in the midst of life right now, that God, where are you? But I know he's my peace in the storm. He's my rock when I feel like I'm sinking. He is there, and darkness has to bow down to the name of Jesus. God never said that. He wants you happy. I want you to know this, friends. Wow. God wants you to be more than happy. He wants you to be what, friends? Turn to your neighbor and say, be blessed. Be blessed. Listen to this. Happiness is based on happenings. And happenings are always changing. But being blessed is always because of the goodness of our Heavenly Father. This past February, Pastor Josh and I went to Sierra Leone, Africa. And it was my first time in Africa. I, I like a little colder climates. Africa is a little warm for me. And uh, in Africa, you got to do what culture tells you to do. And you can't wear shorts, dudes. The shorts isn't a thing. You got to live the culture village life and you wear pants. And you're, man, I'm sweating now on the stage, right? And Africa was hot. We got there the first night in Africa. Let me put this here. And um, it was cool. It was a wild ride, a uh, long flight. We get to Africa and it's in the middle of the night and we're zooming down on this boat ride for, I don't know, like, felt like forever. It's probably 30 minutes. 
out in the dark. I have no idea where you're going, dude. And you're just boom, 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 boom in this boat. You're like, all right, I'm here for the ride. And you get there, and we got into our first hotel that night. And uh, again, I don't like hot. I like my air-conditioned stuff. And um, we can't, Josh and I can't figure out the AC. Like, oh, my goodness, like, it's so hot. So we try. We go to bed, and I'm a guy that I like covers on me when I go to bed. And I, that's the way it's like comfort for me. And I, I couldn't do that. I was so hot. I was down in my skivvies, like I'm sweating, and it's like, this isn't working. I woke up with a massive headache, like super bad. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm here for like six more days, and I have to do this. Come find out, we just needed to touch the remote for the AC unit. I didn't know that. We didn't know that. We're up there in the, you know, trying to turn it off and on and do all that stuff. No, it's just the remote. (laughs) So we get into where we're going to be in the middle of Sierra Leone, that we're going to stay for three or four nights. And um, we walk in, and then there's four units within this place, and there's the four of us walk in, and we go grab our rooms. And I, I like showers. I like to stay clean. I, the only time I like to sweat is when I'm doing activity or a sport, you know. That's the only time I like to sweat. I don't like to go outside and just sweat. It's not fun. I like to shower. So I was so excited because I'm sweating like crazy in Africa. I was so excited to get there. And um, I'm going to take a shower. Yes. And you got to figure out how the water works. And he got the water, and I'm like, yeah. You know what my water's doing? Bloop. 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 And I was like, oh, my garage. What is happening? (laughs) And so I'm like, is this just the way they shower in Africa? I didn't know. I've never been there. I tried showering, and I go out to Josh. Does your shower work? Yeah, my shower works. And you guys had warm ones, right? You had warm showers. <laughs> and I go to Phil, who took us around. He's from World of Hope. And I said, Phil, is your shower working? And he says, yeah, and it's warm. And I talked to the other lady who had her other room. I said, is your shower working? Everyone's shower's working except mine. Now I'm getting angry because I like my showers. And you know how I showered the entire time in Africa? I took a trash can about this size put it on the ground and had to turn on the shower and wait forever that bloop, bloop. And I had to fill the trash can up every single night and put a lid over it so I'd have enough water to shower in the morning. And then in the morning when I got done, I did it to save my shower for the night. And I had to, I'm 6'6", okay? I'm a pretty big guy. I was down like this the entire time taking showers twice a day, scooping out freezing cold water because it's been sitting all night, and going, oh my goodness, over. And you know when you get that cold water to drip down your back, you're like, oh, the entire time. And I'm sitting here going, oh God, you better have something great in store for me. Like I'm just, it was miserable. I wanted, and Phil came up to me, he's like, Ryan, you can use my shower. And I'm so pig-headed, I'm like, no. God had me in this room for a reason. I will continue to suffer, right? In the midst of this, there's got to be a reason. So the night came again, and and I I was angry. I was like, why is this happening? Why me? I now know what room not to get when we go back, by the way. I'll I'll let you know, too. Josh will let you know. And I remember in that moment, God reminded me of something. See, I wanted happiness and comfort in Africa. I wanted what I wanted. God said, why are you there? 
And he reminded me, Ryan, you're going to start a partner, this village partnership with the McQuee. You're there for them. God, it's not about my happiness and comfort because I'm really comfortable right now. I got a lot of discomfort. He says, Ryan, you're blessed to go be a blessing. These kids have no fresh water in their village. Yet I'm sitting here as an American complaining that I get this shower that goes boop, bloop. I will say, when I got home, oh, the American shower is wonderful, friends. I stood there for about 30 minutes just soaking that baby in. These kids, no water. We've partnered with them to drill them wells so they can start getting fresh water. Not only that, is rice is a big deal. These kids maybe get one meal a day. Maybe get one meal a day. They need rice fields so they, this village can sustain themselves. They need rice fields. The problem with having rice fields is you've got you to gotta, uh, dry the grain, the rice grain. They have no flats, cement flats to dry them. Right now, if they get any rice, it goes in the road, hoping that the chickens or any other animal doesn't get them in hopes that people don't walk through the rice that they're trying to dry. They don't have that. They can't sustain themselves. The, kid, the church that they have, they've overgrown their church. They have a partial church building that they can't even finish because they don't have resources. God reminded me, Ryan, you guys are blessed at Radiant Life. You're blessed to live in America. Go be a blessing to others. It wasn't about my happiness and my comfort because I couldn't get a shower. I stayed there and I said, I'll do anything for these kids. What's awesome about these kids is you see they, got, they don't even know what stickers are. So you give them stickers, they don't know what to put, where to place them. So you got them on their forehead and their neck and forehead. They just, oh, cool. You know. Hey, they're happy. All right. All right. We brought, bought them pop. Like, that's just huge. And this kid here, he followed me everywhere. Just, uh, you, you want me to take a picture? Okay. I walk like five minutes later. You're still following me, dude. Like, you want another picture? Mm -hmm. Okay. But then I realized they can't see themselves. They don't even know what they look like. And it dawned on me, why does this kid want me to keep taking his picture? So I took my phone and I said, you want to see it? Yeah. Turned it and let him see himself for the very first time. And the happiness, the joy from those kids. They're so excited. We're going to take a trip here at the end of January, beginning of February. It's already set. You're going to hear more information about it. Let's go and continue this partnership. We're in a three-year partnership with this village in McQuee in Sierra Leone. I'm not satisfied with one village partnership. I want to do multiple, church. I want to go be a blessing. I want to remind you of this thing this morning. that you can choose to seek happiness or you can choose to seek God but you can't seek both you can't in fact one of my favorite things that Jesus ever said comes from the book of John chapter 16 verse 33 it's like a love hate relationship with this verse 
These are the words of Jesus. He says this, in this world you will have what, friends? Trouble. But I thought following Jesus meant pain-free. No. Jesus says you'll hit valleys. You'll hit crazy waters in your life. You will have trouble. But take heart. I've overcome it. I've overcome it. I overcome your trouble. That's the goodness of God. To be your source in your storm. To be your strength when you say, God, I can't have any more strength left in me. I have nothing. God says, let me have it. Let me have it. We opened up with this verse and I close with this verse. Psalm 97, 12. The whole verse is time. May all who are God, godly be happy in the Lord and praise his holy name. Does God want you happy? Not necessarily. He delights in it. But he wants you to pursue him above everything. And your happiness is not from the worldly things. Your happiness, as the author of Psalm 97 said, be happy in the Lord. Because when I'm happy in, my, in the Lord and my will is aligned in his will, Everything else is so little in comparison. And as a result, as my will forms and is twisted into the will of God, as a result, I will praise his name. Nothing the world can give me will buy me happiness. It is only one name, and his name is Jesus. So church, we introduced a new song to you this morning. Tremble. I want you to rise because we need to lift up the name of Jesus this morning, friends. Come on and rise and let's sing this song. Your name is a light that the shadows can't deny. Your name cannot be overcome. Tremble, Jesus, Jesus, silence fear, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Friends, if, uh, if we took a fish and took a fish out of the water and put the fish on a beach, is the fish happy? Of course not. What would happen if we give the fish a beach chair and a sunglasses? Is the fish happy yet? He's not happy yet. What would happen if we give the fish a towel, the beach chair, sunglasses, a martini, and a magazine. 
Is the fish happy yet? No. Because the fish was created for the water. You were created to serve your God. Above everything, you were created to serve Him. You're created to be filled with his presence. You're created to know that when darkness rears its ugly head, there's one name that is higher than what you're facing. It's Jesus. You were created to fill the void in your life with Jesus. It's not about the happiness. It's about his name. And it's his name. It's the light in your darkness, friends. Come on, church. Let's continue singing this morning. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, there is just something so powerful about your name. It moves and it stirs and it makes the darkness flee. And we praise you right now in this moment because you are good, as Pastor Josh said, you are good. God, you, you move and you remove. So in this moment, would you remove the things from our lives that are not holy? Would you remove the things from our lives that, that are not of you so that we can fully step forward into who you have called us to be, not as an individual people, but as a church and as a body. We long to live into who you want us to be, not into what the world says we should be or what the world says will make us happy. God, you are the only one and the only thing that can truly bring us complete joy and fulfillment. Would you help us to step into that and walk into that this morning, knowing that you are a constant God, even when the world around us completely changes all the time, even when our lives are sometimes just absorbed in darkness and not good things, God, you are constant. And you never change. So, so help us to seek you and walk towards you when we are just surrounded by things we don't understand. Because you are a God who is constant and longs to delight in us. Jesus, at your name, darkness and fear flees. And so this morning we stand in fear of you, God, not in a fear of being afraid, but of awe and wonder and reverence of who you are. And we delight in that, in that we get to be here in this place praising your name together because you are good. And it's in the mighty and matchless and powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. My name is Patricia, the creative arts pastor here at Radiant Life, and at this time we're going to take up our tithes and offerings. So ushers, you may come forward. If you're new here, you're not sure what this is all about, please don't feel like you need to give. We use the phrase, you can just sit on your wallets here. Uh, but we do have a connection card at the bottom of that piece of paper you should have received when you walked in. If you want to fill that out and bring it to our cafe out in the lobby, you can pick up a free gift and drink on us. 
the rest of you regular attenders, you know what to do. And we just thank you. Uh, and we thank God just that you are faithful in your giving. We get to do things like go to the Homegrown Festival, which was yesterday. So many of you came out. We had different things for the kids. We get to do that because you guys are faithful and just giving to what God is doing here. And so we thank you for that. Let me pray for you, and we're going to continue to worship. God, we just pray that you would bless the gift and the giver here this morning. And we just praise you for what you're doing here at Radiant Life through giving. You are building your kingdom, not just through us who are here on the stage, but through all who are here this morning. And we just thank you that you continue to move. You continue to move not just here at Radiant Life, but at other churches and throughout the community. And our prayer here is that your kingdom would continue to come that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, we just bless you and we praise you that you are a change maker. Help us be a part of that. And it's in Jesus' name, amen.